0: You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church podcast. As you see, that open your Bible at Matthew chapter 6. This morning we began having a look at the greatest privilege in the world. The greatest privilege in the world. What is that? It's your and my responsibility to lead others to Jesus. That's the thing that, you know, even angels are not given that responsibility. Remember when Cornelius was ready to give his life to the Lord? He was a Gentile, and God was reaching out to the Gentiles. He had Peter going to a trance and said, I want you to go find this man. And then the angel showed up to Cornelius and said, you look for Peter. Go down and you'll find him, yes, staying with this other man. He will tell you what to do. That angel could have led him right to the Lord, right there. But that's not the responsibility of angels. God has placed that responsibility in the hands of the church. What an honor. I truly believe with all of my heart, you know, people say, I wish I could see a miracle. The greatest miracle on this planet is when you find someone who's dead in their spirit. Paul said we were all dead in sin." Our bodies were alive, but we were spiritually dead, separated from God, destined for hell. No hope, no hope. And yet, when we call on the name of Jesus in that Instant that spirit is totally recreated, it's not like he just revives the old spirit. The old man dies and passes away, and a brand new species of being. When it says old things pass away, all things become new, it's talking about something totally different. You literally become a new person. I know your brain still thinks a certain way and you thought you were the same as yesterday, but it's no longer I who live. It's now Christ who lives in me. That to me is the greatest miracle ever. And you and I have the privilege of simply communicating the gospel. And if someone hears that, believes it, and confesses after you the word of God, in that moment, they are transformed and changed. That is greater than seeing a leg grow out, greater than seeing a cancer removed. That is to me the greatest miracle. And every believer can do it. If you got saved today, you can lead someone to Jesus before you get home. Shout amen. And so we want to make sure that we are that active church. And we want to make sure that we make God's priority our priority. Matthew 6.33. Seek. 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 See, that, that's your highest priority. When you wake up in the morning, your first breath should be, this is the day the Lord has made. I get to fulfill kingdom purpose today. Even though you may go into a secular job, maybe you're gonna go, you know, push a pen, type on a, ty- on a keypad, do whatever, sewing machine, write, whatever, whatever you do. But I am no. when I walk out that door, I am on kingdom purpose. I'm on a kingdom vision. I'm focused. First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. What things? The things that generally take up our time worrying. Most of the world are stranded because the, the, all their time is consumed with fulfilling all their problems. I know the majority of the world, if they never had a house to pay or a mouth to feed, they wouldn't go to work because there's no purpose. That's proven by, uh, you know, places, a whole village of poverty. Because if you've got vision, you stand up and you rise up out of that. Oh, don't get me going down that road because people say, you know, I have a problem with poor people. I don't because I have a problem with poverty. Poverty is of the devil. And it's not anybody's fault if they're born into that. That's not the issue. It's how long you're going to stay there. Because if I make a choice, I say I'm seeking God's kingdom wherever you are. That people say, "Oh, this gospel only works in in America." No, this wasn't written. The Bible wasn't written in America. When the children of Israel were wandering through the through the desert, there weren't any malls, there weren't any Bentleys, there weren't any Learjets. There weren't. Come on. And yet every need was provided. Every need supplied. They lacked for nothing. Lacked for nothing. The the shoes on their feet did not even wear out. And that's the old covenant. We're under a new and a better covenant. And when you make God's kingdom your priority, family, God is getting ready to bring you up out of that situation. In other words, I'm not going to work to just pay the bills. I am going into my mission field. I hate my company. That's your mission field. You yeah, have the people there. Great. I'm glad because you are the answer. You are the church with the gospel. You are the light in that darkness. Amen. Someone came to me once. He said, "Pastor, please pray for me. I want to change my job." I said, "Why?" I said, "Because where I'm working, everybody swears. Everybody does things. They all. No one talks about. It. I'm the only one there that's a Christian. I'm not praying for you to leave." Are you kidding me? You right? You want to go sit with a bunch of religious Christians where you can gossip about the pastor all day? I know none of you do. I'm talking. You know, you know who I'm talking about. No, I want you activated. That when you go into a place and it looks dark, when, when somebody, you know, and I've had it. People talk to me. They don't, first of all, when they meet me, they don't know who I am. And then when they do, they've got all these, this, you know, this very flowery language. <laughs> Not flowers, is and thorns. You know, bad language. And I've had sometimes disciples standing with me and they're looking at me like, do you know this is your pastor? Do you know this man's a pastor? And then they say, how do you handle that pastor? I said, I know the world. The world speaks that way. But that doesn't bother me. Why? Because I'm, I'm centered. I know where I am. I know who I am. And I will be the influence. And I just start to influence. I speak to, I don't have to Bible bash. I don't have to tell them who I am. And then later on, they find out that I am a pastor. No, ooh, ooh, I'm sorry. No, no, it's not me. Don't apologize to me. Amen. You don't have to apologize to me because I'm a pastor. You go home and God's there. Wherever you are, God is there. If you're going to apologize to anyone, apologize to Him. Let me tell you, He's not holding that against you. He he knows, he, he, He recognizes that there is sin. He has given you the way out. He's calling you home. And let me tell you how much God loves you. And he's calling you home. We need to be ready with that in season and out of season. Any moment. The moment they crack that door open, you're able to lead them to the Lord. Come on, say amen. So that'll only happen if you already set up your heart and your mind that this is the highest priority. And so we had a look at Luke chapter 14. We're not going to read it in detail. Jesus spoke about opening his house and inviting people to his table. And remember what happened? We had different responses. The one person said, I have property that I need to go look at. Please excuse me. The other one had a business. I've got new, this new machine, new oxen. I need to go and test it. Please have me excused. The other one said, I've got a wife. I'm not coming. He didn't even ask to be excused. And, 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 I, and I see that because I've seen it happen where people say, oh, no, no, I don't need to. But, you know, I need family time. Family family time is here. You want a healthy family? Starts in the house of God. you got to get a hold of that. We raised our children that way. They know. They know the house of God first. And you seek first the kingdom of God. Then the family works. Then you will see. Now everything else comes together. That's what Jesus is saying. You make the kingdom of God your priority, all these other things will be added to you. So we're not looking for excuses not to be involved. We want to make sure that we are committed to the kingdom of God. Can I get a bigger amen? Remember Matthew chapter 28, Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and? Make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Teach them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This is the supreme command. If he is saying, teach everything I've commanded you then he tells us that the supreme command is to take everything you've learned and the purpose for it is to teach somebody else. It's not just so that you now have a nice, comfortable life. I just need to go to church on Sunday, worship the Lord, and then get on with my own life. People sometimes say to me, Pastor, I have a life. Yes, it belongs to Jesus. I said it belongs to Jesus. See, when we, when we focus on Him, I've noticed that's the same way the tithe principle works. Seed sowing and harvest. Have you noticed when you sow something, you reap more? It works for wheat. It works for corn. It works for smiles. Look at the person next to you and smile. Look at that. Look at that. Instant harvest. You see that? And, and look, everybody's smiling. It, it's multiplied harvest. Hallelujah. So whatever you sow, you will reap. The same for time. I find I don't have enough time for my family, I don't have enough time for work, could it be I haven't committed to the first? So when I commit to the first, make him the priority, all of a sudden I will find I have time for family. I have time for everything else that happens. And so I need to take what I've learned and impart that into someone else's life. When I first got saved, I needed healing for my wife. We needed deliverance in our finances. We needed help in in so many different areas. And like like a lot of babies, it's, Lord, give me, give me, give me. I can't, you know, I need it today. I need it. Please help me. But I learned very soon that God's calling us to mature. He's calling us to grow up. Everybody say grow up. Because when we mature, then we're able to fulfill. And how do we mature? I certainly have learned that by Discipling somebody was when I grew the quickest. How many can testify to that? You know, when you are growing and you're just learning from the pulpit, you learn a certain amount, but you, you, you really basically just learn what the person's teaching you. But the moment you're discipling, you get asked the hard questions. Oh, I'm, I'm, I need to go study some more. I may not have the answer right now, but I will find out. Are you with me? And it pushes you deeper into the word. Because as you're discipling someone, you are studying out more. You, 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 in other words, it goes further than what Pastor Allen said. Because you should never believe anything because Pastor Allen said it. It has to be, it is written. And so why do we believe? And so discipleship helps to mature you. It's the same way when you have a baby, all of a sudden you mature. How many of you, before you had your children, still wondered, I don't know if I can do this, man. You know, and then when the child arrives, suddenly you find there's a grace for that. And you mature. And all of a sudden, what it was all about you and where you're going to go and what we're going to do Friday night and what we're going to do on Saturday. And we're just going to go out and spend three days here and go off here. All of a sudden, that's not the case anymore. Now it becomes about this little one. Your life changes. And that's the same. It's the truth in the realm of the spirit is when I'm committed to discipling, I'm committed to working with Jesus, I don't have time to focus on the negatives. That's why we don't get into arguments and disputes. Ephesians chapter four, verse 11. God himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Notice some. Some. So what's the purpose of the fivefold ministry? For the equipping of? That's you. For what purpose? My job is to equip you for the work of the ministry. It's not just up to me. This is my part, but we have to mobilize each and every Christian till we all, for what reason? The work of the ministry, for the edifying, the building up of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith. Everybody say unity. And of the knowledge of the Son of God, a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we should no longer be children. That we no longer be children. That we no longer, we we start as spiritual babies. All of us. The moment you're born again, you're a spiritual baby. But we're not going to stay that way. Can I get a bigger amen? Bump your name and say, it's time to grow up. So I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to me. <laughs> Tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men, the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. See, the enemy's working, he'll try and get you off the focus, the true purpose, and argue about semantics. He's not, Paul's not calling for uniformity. Like I said this morning, some churches, they stand while you sit. Are you with me? Some do it this way. Some do it that way. We may not agree with the way they do it. But we are in the unity of the faith. And the word says no one can call Jesus as Christ unless by the Holy Spirit. That's the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. I'm, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. I'm, I'm getting there now. Now, But notice, verse 15. Speak the truth in love. Grow up in all things, into him who is the head Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Family of God, we recognize that we are not on our own some people say, "I, I just, just me and Jesus, I don't need the organization. See, they, they say, I was hurt in the church. The problem why people get hurt in the church is because they're not focused on the true priority. Now, I'm not saying things don't happen. I mean, I've got offended with myself. Never mind anybody else. I sometimes say something and then I afterwards say, Why'd you say that? That was stupid. <laughs> Come on, how do you understand what I'm talking about? So, if, if I can't even agree with myself all the time, you and I aren't going to always be in agreement. Are you with me? I've had every opportunity to get upset, get offended, leave. And I'm not even talking about, yeah, I mean, even as I was growing up in my home church with Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev, things happen, people happen. The devil's trying to work you out. Are you with me? And so someone, I was hurt in the church. You're not the first and you're not the only. You're actually touching right now. You're leaning on someone that that, that has already been hurt. And you're sitting in a body of someone who's already been hurt. See, when I make the decision that I'm growing up, that's the difference between a parent and a child. Is you understand children don't understand. That's why you must be the parent. Don't act like a child. Children don't bring up children. Okay, that's a whole nother seminar, so let me go there. You need to be the parent. Be the mature one. Know that children make mistakes, like we all do. But you're mature enough to say, even when the child wants to smack you, say, I hate you, I know where that's coming from. You wouldn't say that. So I'm willing to still love even though that doesn't hurt me when a child says that. Because I understand it's a process. So, the same way with spiritual children. If we understand that we're growing up and we are mature, then we focused on the kingdom of God. And if I'm focused on the kingdom of God and I'm focused on doing the work of God, then I'm not going to get involved in all the other junk. Come on, can I get a bigger amen? I hope I'm talking to mature people because, you know, baby will say, When you're going to talk to me? No, that's not who you are. You are mature. Say amen. amen. See, it, it, we all want to. Uh, uh, you know, when I think about how the enemy has tried to distract me from the word, someone who knows the word, teaches the word, lives by the word, you know, you, you know, there is no way you talking me out of it is written. I've made that well known. I'm solid in this there's absolutely zero that anybody can bring me that I haven't already seen somewhere. Have you seen this? Oh, no, now I have to change everything I teach. That's never going to happen. Why? Because everything's founded in it is written. But I also know how the enemy works. He will constantly dig, constantly try and get you out of it, try and get you, and and there's there's a thing called confirmation bias. Have you heard about confirmation bias? You've done it. It's when you want to find an answer, you filter. Now that's junk, now that's junk, now that's junk, now that's junk. Oh, they're saying what I believe. Oh that you see that now that's right there. And we and we focus in on what we want to believe. Instead of listening, when sometimes we're going to need to be challenged we will need to be challenged. If, if you're sitting in a church and your whole time is yes, amen, yes, amen, yes, amen, yes, amen, you've got to go, yes, uh, ouch. Because somewhere we need to be challenged. Because none of us have reached perfection. We're growing up. We're growing up. And if I'm going to be growing up, I'm going to need to be challenged. And so in doing that, we help each other in love. But if we do that and we contribute to that, we all do our share, what will happen is the whole body grows up together instead of just finding teachers for ourselves. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 3, the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. That's confirmation bias. Are you listening? What must I do? Well, they turn their ears away from the truth, turn aside to fables. But you, be watchful in all things, endure afflictions. Things are going to happen. But here's the key. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Fulfill your ministry. What has God called you to do? Now, sometimes we say, well, I don't know what I'm called to do. Well, then just get involved. When when Janine and I first got saved, I didn't know where I was called. I remember sitting down with my stepbrother. And he was the one that led my mother to the Lord. And in time, my mother led us to the Lord. And I, I sensed the call immediately in my life. Immediately. I had an encounter with God. I don't have time to go into the whole testimony. But I knew I was called to preach the gospel. And so all I knew about anybody that I looked up to was Billy Graham. Because he was a very public figure, and so he, you know, I thought he's an evangelist. And our denomination, the, the where we were, we didn't have any titles or anything like that. Uh, you know, just whoever was going to preach that weekend, they preached. You know, and there wasn't—they didn't believe in in the fivefold ministry. And I'm going to talk a bit about it now. So I didn't know any—I didn't know the terminology. I'm brand new. How many know you? could, There's Christianese. <laughs> You know, I didn't know Christianese. Yeah. And so we were talking and I sensed this call. I said, he says, he, he was saying, there's something in your life. I said, yeah, no, really, I'm feeling it. He says, so what, what is it? I said, well, I believe I'm called to be an evangelist. He says, really? Do you know what an evangelist is? I said, yeah, you're going to teach the word because I had this gifting in me, this desire to teach. And so I explained to him what I want to do. He says, that's not an evangelist. And he told me what evangelist is, and I said, no, no, that, no that's, that, that's, that's not me. So, what do you do? Where, where do you focus? Because I didn't know. I just knew God was calling this, me to something. And so, Janine and I just made a decision that any time anything was happening, if there was a need for this area, we went and did it. If we're going out over here, the team's going out to, in this area, we're doing an outreach, we went with when we got prayer over here, we went with. We need help in this day. someone We're going to do this in the church. If you can come on Saturday and help build, we were there. Whatever was happening, we got involved. We just did whatever our hand found to do. Just got busy. We made the kingdom our priority. If there's a need, we'll, we'll, we'll show up. And in doing that, in showing up regularly, all of a sudden you find in a certain area there's a passion. You, you can't wait to get to that one. This one, we'll go because we it. But you get to the point where, do you want to go? Do you want to go? Well, are you with me? And I don't feel bad about that because that's not my lane. Once we found our lane, there's a passion. You couldn't keep us away from those events. All of a sudden, you now know uh, this, why? Because there's gifting. Have you noticed some people they can try all different. Think of sport. They try this sport, try that sport. They fumble, they can't, they want to, and one day they pick up that bat, and man, their eyes in. And they, as you know, you go, "There's a gift, here. Amen. See, it's built in, but you have to try different things to find it. And so the same way, each one of us have giftings built into us, but we must fulfill that ministry. We must fulfill that ministry. Come with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Now, the Corinthians letters, both of them that we have, are quite interesting. Because even though we call it 1 Corinthians, that's not the first letter. Because when you read it, you'll see that Paul's addressing a letter he already wrote to them. And we don't know where that letter is. We don't have that letter. And from the context, you can see they answered back. So Paul said something, and they came back, and what they came back with was out of line. So Paul has to now write this letter to correct some of the things that they came back at him with. And he, here's the thing he planted that yes, church. He is the apostle. and He said, some of you are even questioning if I'm an apostle. The very fact you exist as a church is proof of my apostleship. So you're now challenging what I'm teaching you. Let me set it right. So if you read Corinthians with that in mind, you'll be amazed at what you see. So yeah, we see in chapter 1, verse 4, He says, I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you by the anointed one, Jesus, by Christ Jesus, that you were enriched in everything by him in all utterance and all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will bless, who will also confirm you to the end, that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I want to emphasize this because what's happened is we now find that there's been, there's a flurry and there's this upswelling of a lot of people speaking against the gifts. Have you heard the term cessationist? Now, cessationist, that's the big, Word, but technically, what it means is that there's a belief system that God used gifts in the apostles so that whatever they wrote as doctrine, the gifts confirmed that the word was from God. But once we have the word of God, you don't need the gifts anymore. So the gifts cease. God can still do miracles. I mean, he's God. He can do whatever he wants to do. He's able to do miracles. But for you and I to believe for these things and just expect it and, you know, what we call charismatic gifts, uh, that's, that's ceased. So you've got this whole argument trying to talk against it. Now, as you study this, if you just read there, he says there, they, as the church, are moving in great gifts but you, did you see there, he said it's going to happen until Jesus comes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we need, to. because if you start saying that, I have to look at some of the reasons why do we have the gifts. Because if, if we don't, aren't going to have gifts, we aren't going to have healings, we are going to have anything, why would God advertise it? Amen. It's like taking a child into a sweet shop. Look at all these nice sweets, but you can't have any. And then take them out. Why is it written? It is written for you and me to learn from. But the problem is, we don't always understand it. And what you're going to see, I'm going to say this and then, so I can refer to it as I teach, is you've got where, if you look at the majority of what we believe, most churches believe in Jesus as the Son of God. He came to the earth in a human body. He taught the kingdom of God, healed many, and then suffered on the cross, paid the price for all sin, declaring it is finished, complete atonement, died, rose from the dead, today is alive, ascended on high, seated on the right hand of the Father, and whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's just in a nutshell. Most Christians would agree with that. So now, we live our Christian life. We go to church, we believe in, you know, singing songs or hymns or our, our version of that. Uh, we believe in giving in some way other tithes or we don't agree with the tithe, but we do believe in offerings, you know, and we've got different versions of that. Uh, we've got different ways of reaching out and leading people. We, we, in other words, 90% of the time, we're in agreement with it. Are you with me? But then this 10 percent say, where they say, "No, that's passed away, you've got this group that does believe it is." And what's happened is we think that this 10 percent, that's the spiritual aspect. The rest is, we're just living in the natural, waiting until Jesus comes. And as long as we're living that way, just in the natural, you no know, whatever will be will be. we just trust God, but there's not really anything supernatural happening. But then you got this other thinking, well, we do the same things in the natural. We go to church, we do all the natural workings of it, but we have this 10% where we do believe in the supernatural. And I wanna to say to you today that both of that are wrong impressions when you study this, what I'm about to have show us from the Word. Because it's not like you have this and some supernatural. The whole thing is supernatural. Everything we do is supernatural. Can I get a bigger amen? amen? Everything needs to be by the Spirit of God. I don't want to do anything in my own ability, in my own strength. Come and have a look at verse 10. Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among you. What's happening? They're saying some people here are involved in the gifts, that's one division, another one's in this division, another one's in that category. He says there should be no divisions. There shouldn't be division. I'm not saying we all must do the same things, but why is it that when we think we're doing something, we're the only ones that are right, you're all wrong, therefore you're in a different camp. No, even if you do something different the way that I do it, we should still be in unity. Can I get a bigger amen? Amen. But that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind, in the same judgment. For it has been declared to me concerning you, my brethren, by those of Chloe's household, that there are contentions among you. And some say, I'm of Paul. I'm of Apollos. I'm of Cephas. I'm from the bay. I'm from fill in the blank. Or I am of Christ. Verse 13. Is Christ divided? Was Alan crucified for you? If I wrote this letter, Paul saying it's not about the man. It's not about the brand. Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? And he starts to talk about the Spirit. Everybody say the Holy Spirit. And he gets down to chapter 12. I don't have time to study the whole thing in detail. We can do that some other time. But let's look at verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts. Now how many of you have a a page printed Bible? Let me just see. Can you tell me that word gifts? Have a look. Is it in italics? If it's in italics, just lift your hand and let us know. Yeah, that confirms it. What do we know about italics? It wasn't in the original text. We put that word in, the translator. So it's put in italics to let you know that was not in the original transcript, but to make it understandable because this whole chapter talks about gifts. He must be talking about gifts and they put it there in italics. So I put it to you that if I took the word gifts out, I haven't changed the Bible because Paul didn't write that. Some other man put it in. So if some other man put it in, this man can take it out. You don't have to remove it. If you, you want to keep it, keep it. We can still be in unity. But if you read it accurately the way Paul wrote it, concerning spiritual, concerning the spiritual, I don't want you to be ignorant. So evidently they were revealing their ignorance of the move of the Spirit. And he's now addressing that. How many of you do not want to be ignorant concerning the spiritual? And so then he says here, concerning the spirit, I don't want you ignorant, you know that you were Gentiles. You were without covenant, carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led, and therefore make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. I don't believe that that group is actually Christian You. I don't even know if they're saved. Are they calling Jesus Lord? See, I, again, I, I, there may be things I would never do it that way. But could that be personality? Could it be a preference? See, you've got to be very cautious. I just don't think God would do it that way. Oh, no, you're speaking on behalf of God now? Maybe I even think the same way, but I'll never communicate it. Why? Because I read in the Bible, there are some things when I look at I think, you did what? You read some of those Old Testament prophets. I mean, you know, they go lie naked outside the city. Today we put them in, a, in a, an asylum. Are you with me? so we've got to be very cautious I don't think that's God now there are some things that we just know is taking scripture way out and, and, and doing stupid things that can hurt people they are I they don't agree and we're not going to discuss that now but what I am saying is that if someone's calling Jesus is Lord then we are brothers amen slow down there say amen Verse 4, now he addresses, there are diversities of gifts, there are differences, but it is the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but it's the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. Family, there are people who wouldn't even think of coming to this church because they just can't get on with me. And that doesn't bother me. I've heard people say they don't like the way I teach. That's fine. Find someone who you will listen to. But there are people that will listen to you that won't listen to me, but there are people who listen to me but won't listen to you. Are you with me? I don't think we should do it that way. But they pack, they're getting people saved, people are getting delivered, people are getting healed. So there are different activities, there's different manifestations. But notice, he's saying, yeah, it's the same Holy Spirit. Verse 6, there are different activities. It's the same God who works all in all. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. To one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of the spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. But it's the one and the same, Spirit who works all things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. Now, we call that the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, but I don't think God listed it like they are badges to get. He's got three of them, He's got five, so He must be more important. No, that's not what it's there. The gifts are as the Holy Spirit. Wills. I have the discerning of spirits. I can see who's a Christian and who's not. Why would God give you that? God's not going to tell tales on people. Hello? What are we talking about? What Paul is saying you're going to see different manifestations. Now, we know that in certain callings, you will see a gift showing up more than often. But it's not because they are gifted in that. It's because that, in order to fulfill their ministry, that gift is in them. The thing that is that I see Paul saying here is it's not about whether these gifts are here or whether they passed away, whether we can still do these things, whether we conjure them up. We don't use it in order to create a mass following. We don't use it for sensationalism. It is if there is a need, whatever that need is, the power of the Holy Spirit is present and He will move even if I can't put it in a label. Because I can tell you, sometimes God moves and about four gifts showed up, but I can't tell you how they are. It's just like in a cake, there's flour, baking powder, you know, egg. Now tell tell me in the egg, where's the egg? In the cake, where's the egg? Are you getting what I'm saying? What we're saying is it's, Everything is by the power of the Holy Spirit. Whatever we do, we must do it by his power. Why? Because it's his church. He wants to reach people and it's not about me building my name and trying to use the gifts to somehow show off who I am. They tools Look at verse 12, for as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews and Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. No one is more special than another. Watch what he says here. In fact, the body's not one member but many. If the foot says, because I'm not a hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the ear says, because I'm not an eye, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body was an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body as he pleased. If they were all one member, where would the body be? But in now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. Nor can the head say to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. Those members of the body which we think to be less honorable on those we bestow greater honor and our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. There's parts we hide away. But our presentable parts have no need for that. But God composed the body having given greater honor to the part which lacks it. That there should be no schism in the body, that the members should have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members are honored and rejoice with it. Now, you are the body of Christ and members individually. Now, listen to this God has appointed these in the church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, gifts of healings, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. Now, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? Do all have gifts of healings? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? Earnestly desire the best gift. Yet I show you a more excellent way, and he begins to teach how important love is. Now the context of tongues there, he's not talking about the gift of where you speak your heavenly language to your father. Because there he goes on in a later chapter and says, he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. There is a tongue that's your heavenly language. He's talking about the gifts of tongues and interpretation. But I want you to notice something here. He's dealing with spiritual matters. How you believe an apostle needs an anointing? I mean, Oh, he's an apostle. No, that wasn't it. It's simply a gift. I said it's a gift that God gives for equipping you in the work of the ministry. And then you see the prophet. And we think when someone prophesies, wow, that must be spiritual. He hears from God. But you notice the teacher is right there. We think because we're teaching, we're just reading from a page, telling people information. No, it's as anointed. I said it's as anointed. He's talking about, he wants, it's the same Holy Spirit. And then you start looking at the other things and you see things like, oh, he's mentioning healings and miracles and that, and then throws in there administration, helps. And then the tongues. Well, we're back to spirit. Do you think he paused in between? No, the help and administration needs the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit as much as the guy speaking from the platform. Someone say, "Wow, Pastor Allen's so anointed." No, the person standing at the door shaking someone's hand when they come in—it's the same Spirit, same anointing. Don't stand; you think I'm just doing a job. No one gets paid for this. Hello, hello, hello. My pastor told me to stand here, so now I'm going. No, no, you are doing a work of God. When someone's teaching our children, that's not just babysitting. They are administering the Holy Spirit. When people are driving the camera and the sound desk, there's an anointing for that. Whatever you're doing, whatever it is, I don't care if someone's emptying a dustbin. It's an anointed dustbin now because you emptied it. We need to understand this: that we're not talking about whether these are gifts that's passed away. Because you look at that, you, the word used there is charisma, charisma. Because that's why they, you know there's sometimes those that believe in the gifts they call called charismatics. Like that's the that's the charismatics. Are you charismatic or not? It's not a it's not a denomination. It's not a sect. It's not it's it's someone who believes in the gifts. Are you with me? But it's the same word used that by grace you're saved by faith. That's the word caris. So you say you're not charismatic. Do you believe in being saved by grace? Yes, amen. It's charis. You're a charis. It's the same power. The same power that when I can speak to you and you say, you would never, how did you know that? You read my mail. You just said something, no one knows that except me and God. That, that's anointed. It's the same anointing when you lead someone to Jesus. How can we think that the Holy Spirit is paused on one area and not on another? There's still people that need healing. There's still people that need deliverance. People need a touch of God. And God knows where you are. He knows your dress. He knows what you need. And He'll deliver whoever is closest. He doesn't have to wait for Apostle Allen and for Sunday to come. He can send someone into your life right there, right then. And by His charisma, His gifting, His grace, His power, His anointing, He speaks to you. Family of God, you and I have this privilege of carrying this caress, these giftings, and it's in you. I said it's in you. It's in you. Believe God for it. Trust Him. You don't work these things up. How am I going to know? Just get involved. You just start speaking to people. You see someone sick, you say can I pray for you? Do you think God will answer? Well, yes. I do. I believe I lay hands on the sick they will recover. Right. Amen. Amen. You go ahead and pray. Mm. Now what if it doesn't work? That's not your job. Yeah, Laying hands, my job. Yeah. Healing, his. Yeah. See, I have faith in him. Amen. I have faith in his word. And if there's a process involved, that's why we have gifts of Healings and gifts of miracles. Miracles, right there. Healings, that's time. Time is involved. Why would God do that? It says He wills. See, I'm trusting God's will. I believe Him. I believe He loves you. And I believe His love wants to touch you and heal you and deliver you. I have faith for that. I have faith in the love of God. And so I can confidently do that. Saved and unsaved. See, very often when we want to pray for someone, do you believe in Jesus? Jesus didn't do that. He just said, do you believe I can do this? Yes, Yes. all right. Based on that, I can do it. Amen. Amen. Pray for the unsaved. Because when God moves in their life, and He will, they'll go, you got something, man. Eh? What's on you? And you're like, Well, yeah, I got the gift of healing. Hallelujah. No, no, it's him. It's him. It's him. I'm not the healer. He is the healer. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's still doing the same works he did today. And he's chosen to do it through his body. And you are that body. But he didn't stop being his body. So let's stop arguing over whether the gifts are still active today. If you've ever led someone to Jesus, that is the gift of God. That is the power of God in operation. That cannot happen except by the Holy Spirit. How can they call Jesus Lord except it was by his caress, his grace. Greatest miracle ever. So why would he stop doing other miracles? Hallelujah. Trust God for the best. Trust God for the best. And just be that vessel. Be ready. Just be open. The moment you see a need, reach into it. Be the hands and feet of Jesus. Be His mouth. And administer His grace. Hallelujah. 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 How many of you know you're anointed? That's not something to be prideful of. It's, It's no longer I live. It's Christ who lives in me. And we thank God for His anointing. Thank God He loves us. I tell you, family, you put your focus on Him and about Him. Father, what do you want to do today? What do you want to say? You see, so often we try and fix the problem. I'll I'll give them a piece of my mind. Let let me tell them what I think. That's that's, that's a mess, man. Isn't that right? Why don't we go to God and say, Father, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? And he may tell us to love on them and bless them and... Send them a check or send them a transfer, whatever. They need fixing. God says, Let me deal with it. Let me deal with it. If God gives you the instruction, you do what He says. Obey Him. And if He gives you something to say, just go tell them this. Then say that. Nothing more. Zip the lip. God says, and let me add to that. No, no, now you're back in the flesh. It's so hard, Pastor Allen. You see, that's where we need to trust grace. Trust. If If you believe God is God, He knows how to run His kingdom, He knows how to run His body, let's trust Him. Amen. Come on, let's give Jesus praise for His Word. Let's stand together. This is an exciting year, family. Amen. I tell you, we, you get involved with what God's involved with. You are on a journey of faith, Amen. an adventure. adventure yes. Amen. Amen. Explore Amen. the unexplored areas of miracles, healing, signs, and wonders. Trust God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just raise your hand and put your other hand on your heart and just say, Father, today I've heard your word. Thank you for blessing me with the precious presence of the Holy Spirit. I am part of your body. You placed me in this body. And I recognize, my brothers and sisters, we do differ. We are different in so many wonderful, diverse ways. And I know as a result of that, your giftings are in me, and I know whatever's needed, you will manifest it. It's your kingdom, it is your body, it is your anointing, it's your Holy Spirit. It's all for you, and I remember that. I'm giving you all the glory, and whatever happens, whatever lives are changed, transformed to your glory, you alone. Receive all the honor and all the glory. Thank you for the privilege of being your body, being your hands and feet, being your mouth to lead multitudes to know you as their Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, 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 amen. Praise God.